microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Episode 20. And we're back. Yeah. We're back. So 20. Did you ever think we'd make 20? <laughs> Is it really that hard to make 20 things? That I think for us. To? Uh, yeah, for us to get together for 20 weeks in a row. Well, actually, most people that know us will make a ton of jokes about that. <laughs> um, 20, Sherman Douglas. That's where I would go. You might say Joe Morris episode. That's good. Yeah. Joe Morris. Going with the, uh, I like John Morris. I know you do. I, I I tend to always think of guys' numbers from when I was in, a kid because I was like really into that kind of shit. I don't know who's number twenty. It could be somebody really good who's number twenty right now. I wouldn't even know. So uh, what's going on? Got some notes? No, I'm I'm gonna pass the notes because I feel like it's been dragging our show a little longer. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll comment on some stuff. Do you want to talk about Billy Joel at all? Um, I don't know. And people that should not be let out of their house? Who shouldn't be let out of their house? Just people. There's, there's a lot of people that go to concerts that should never leave their houses. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So we went to see Billy Joel this weekend at Dodger Stadium. It was a great show. Um, He had special had guests. Yeah. Pink came out and did a song. What did you think of Pink doing her own song? I, I didn't like He Pink. did not like Pink doing her own song. Billy Joel needed a bathroom break. Billy, she should have sung a Billy Joel song. She did, and then she sang one of her own. It's not like she was like, hey, Billy Joel, I know it's your concert and all, but I'm going to sing my own song. I'm Pink. It was like he asked her. Well, yeah, I know that they obviously rehearsed it with the band, but... Uh, <laughs> That's true, too. I mean, they didn't like go, oh, we don't know that song. But then she just goes through her... Whole library and Billy Joel's like we only sing Billy Joel songs. Only uh, 80s Joel. <laughs> um, but uh, when I first, when we first got there, there was like no one there. I know. And then it kind of filled up, which I was a little nervous that Billy Joel was not going to get a full house. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. Then Axel came out, did Highway to Hell. Were you mad that they didn't do a Billy Joel? That Axel didn't do a Billy Joel song? No, and I'll tell you why. Because actually. Billy Joel sings that song on his tours. I saw that, but still, you can't you can't pick one and not the other. You gotta be equally equally as outraged whether you like the performer or not as you. Okay, right. I like Pink. Okay, just I wasn't expecting her to sing her own song. Um, um, and then he does "My Life," or uh, he did um, "Big Shot," "Big Shot," which was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was a good show. It's like a big sing along fest. Yeah. Well, that's what they always are. I know. It's great. It's fun. Um, so uh, I checked in with Noah. He's on day 91. He's still going. Has there been any mention yet? Well, I think... Uh, Seagull Camp? No, not from Seagull Camp, but uh, he was interviewed by a couple people that said uh, that uh, in the interview, he's like, I got to figure out my exit plan. 
So I think it's coming <laughs> coming to an end. Uh, so. All right. Well, so we got the uh, news of the uh, stadium. The I Ram- actually just was reading an email right now. The Rams Stadium is now minutes. not going to be ready in time for the 2019 season. They're pushing it a year. Yeah. What's that noise? No. Um, it's a. Uh, I don't know. Does that affect your life in, in one way or the other? It's going to make me not go to any <laughs> Rams games. Yeah. Because going to that stadium is pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Um, it doesn't need to be on. I'm not, I'm not using it. Right. So this was pretty funny. So two. So there's these high-stake poker guys that came up with this bet that's actually going to take place this weekend. Um, this guy... Um, poker player shot out an email or or tweet saying, I will pay someone $200,000 if they can eat $1,000 worth of McDonald's food in like 24 hours or 36 hours. And so this guy like, (laughs) this guy was like, I'll do it. Uh, His name is, he's a poker pro called Mike Nori. And uh, he's like, I'll do it. And before they had parameters, they started, like, making jokes. He said, I'm just going to eat $1,000 worth of salads. Be fine. And uh, the guy was like, they ended up putting a cap on salads for, like, $200. Uh, <laughs> so he could only eat up to $200 worth. Well, wait, so if he didn't announce, I'm just going to eat salads, he could have just done it? Or did they... Well, I'm sure he, they would have come up with something. But, okay. But he, and then he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to eat $500 worth of apples. Slices. And they were like, nah, I probably can't do that. So, uh, and then a couple people were like tweeting at him. They, they were like, you should go to a McDonald's in like Scandinavia. Because they're like, the prices are so expensive for McDonald's out there. That you can like eat more, for, you know, for less money. Or less for more money. Um, so that's going on this weekend. But they picked a place in uh, Arizona. Um, so that's going to be that guy. So what is the, what's the reward? What does the guy get? $200,000. Wow. Okay. For eating $1,000 worth of food. Um, it's not going to be easy. So, uh, let me ask you this, because McDonald's aren't open 24 hours, are they? He's got 36 hours to be able to do it. Right. So, if it's not open 24 right. hours, it probably starts at like 6 in the morning, goes yeah. to like 10 at night, 11 at night, right? Is that- yeah. He'll have some, he'll have like 10... Egg McMuffins to start so, off his day. But there's a lot of downtime. Like, do you just buy a bunch of, like, burgers to eat throughout the night? Oh, that's a good uh, good question. Maybe he uses that time to, like, uh, recoup, mm-hmm. digest. But do you need... All right, well, what's that? And when this is happening, when, this weekend? Yeah. So you'll give us an update next I'll week? I'll give you an update and see if he did it. Okay. Um, I read about this Siwoo Kim who's the youngest player ever to win the Players' Championship in golf last week. He won, like, $1.9 million. He flew back in the middle seat and coach back home. I thought that was interesting. Some lady, like, tweeted a picture of him just sitting in the middle of, like, you know, two people. Like, and he just won two million bucks. Um, I don't know. I thought that was... Dude, just upgrade yourself to first class. He's man of the people. Um, I saw a really good documentary on Monday. Did you hear about you that? You got a lot of notes. Okay. No, this is it. This is my last one. I know, but I'm just... I'm, I'm going quickly through them. Oh, you're doing great. Um, HBO. Mommy Dead and Dearest. Holy crap. You have to watch this. Thing. Mommy Dead and Dearest? 
Writing well, it down right now. Yeah. You have to see this. Not it's not the greatest like documentary, like film like basically like the film itself, but the contents of it are just the most fucked up thing. Uh, it's basically I'm without giving too much away, it's bas- about this woman who lives with her daughter and her daughter has got like all sorts of like multiple sclerosis and all these other diseases. Um, and she's in a wheelchair and all this stuff. And the mom gets murdered. Oh, and, uh, it's basically what happens after all this stuff. And you want to talk about an evil person that this woman was, this woman was so evil when they cremated her and the, uh, the um, funeral parlor said, hey, what do you want to do with the asses? Her father said, flush them down the toilet. Oh. Yeah. So that's a little tease. You guys should check it out. It's some crazy stuff. Supposedly a lot of people know what the story is, but I've never heard of it. Oh, cool. So you, okay. So just go in fresh. Thanks. All will be revealed. And it's a crazy ride. Let me just put it that way. All right. Uh, so, uh, NBA playoffs, where are we at? So, the, so where we at is going to be our, f- oh, wait a second. Before we go, I am going to add a note. Your guy on the internet who, oh. he must've been really busy. Today was a long day. For you know, him. I was thinking about this guy and I really like for me to keep doing this, like who died during the week. I feel like I'm doing the same thing that he's yeah. doing. But yeah, he had a busy week. Roger Ailes, yeah. Chris Cornell and Brad Gray. I understand what you're saying, and I'm gonna. I appreciate where you're coming from. I like. I like your staying on your laurels, and we'll we'll cut that segment. Maybe I'll just say how many deaths he reported this week. Yeah, and if there's an absurd one, right. maybe just tell us about that because, like, like Cuba Gooding Jr. Senior, like Cuba, Cuba, Cuba Gooding, Gooding Senior. Senior, like that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, smart. You know, this we could do this in a production meeting before we're on air, but but while we're here, uh, I just wanted to hear. I knew that today would be a. A busy day for him. He must not be getting a lot of work done. Yeah. Um, so where are we at? I, I can't imagine that guy working because he posts like every 20 minutes. <laughs> like, and I'm not even exaggerating. Does he work in social media? I, I'm not even, no. He's a, like a production person. I'm not even exaggerating. It's every 20 minutes of all these different things. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, so where we're at is we are at the... Um, the blowout that is this last round. Yeah. We're just still waiting another round for the Warriors-Cavs sequel. Do you think the Zaza... Well, I figured that's what we'd get into. Yeah, that's... uh, I do think it was dirty. Oh, yeah. Just the way he was, like, laid himself out and stretched his legs. I mean, come on. But do you think he's trying to hurt him when he does it? No, but he wants to, like... Kind of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I don't. I think he wants to. I, I don't think his intention is to hurt someone right. as much as it's just to make a statement. Like, if you're gonna like open your body up, someone's gonna get yeah close in that space. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna get hit. That kind of thing. Um, he yeah. didn't get punished. The NBA didn't think so. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and, and this is a guy. For those of you that don't know, Kawhi Leonard plays for the Spurs. Spurs are up by 22 or something. Um, he takes a shot. Zaza Pachulia takes, like, undercuts him. Comes under the shot. Winds up stepping on his foot, spraining his ankle. Now Kawhi Leonard's out. Which, which his ankle is already, like, busted up. Right. Which is also suspect. Yeah. Um, 
So Zaza Pachulia has like a history of doing things like this. Um, I know that this was like a story like two or three years ago. Players were playing defense like this where they'd come underneath guys shooting. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's dangerous, especially here. I have two thoughts. Like it, it's, it's especially dangerous because now the NBA has completely become a jump shooters league. You know, everyone's just taking threes on every possession. And part of me kind of wants some to rough it up a little bit. I miss defense, some defensive basketball. I miss guys going in the paint. So I kind oh, of... You want to talk about no defensive basketball? That game seven was ridiculous. Well, okay. So, <laughs> but, but, um, so I kind of want, I don't want guys to be able to sit at the three-point line and just shoot at will. Like, because that's not basketball. That's not fun. So, what, Houston won't even have a team. I know. But I don't, I don't, I just don't like, that's not my kind of basketball, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, re, I just read Ringer did an oral history of the Heat-Knicks rivalry from back in the, I guess it was late 90s. Oh, yeah, those were great. And it was just so, people just getting into fights. and Yeah, and it was all about defense. how that all happened. Yeah. And it was, you know, so much of it had to do with, there was just this underlying drama. It was very WWE. Yeah. Um, I missed that about... The NBA. I miss LJ Oakley. Yeah, uh, and I was a Nick fan, and I, I hated yeah. the Knicks. I used to love to go root. I, we used to go to those games just to go root against the Knicks. Yeah, because we hated the Knicks so much. But it was Van great. Gun, Van Gundy jumping in there. Too. Yeah, when he was right. So I don't mind adding some physicality to kind of stop this trajectory of three pointer, like three pointer after three pointer in, in every game, but. I don't think that uh, I. I have a feeling everyone's going to jump to as they do. They're going to jump to like banning people from coming under you when you're shooting or something. You can't really Eventually, regulate it. I don't know. I mean, you could just make it. You know, if if the ref sees it as something dirty, they can uh, give you know be more uh, strict with their. You know, flagrant fouls. Right. Um, but yeah, what about... So what about uh, Game 7? Um, John Wall didn't really show up in the in the fourth All quarter. right, so... Well, wait, so we, can we just stick with the Spurs-Warriors series sure. for a second? Because I, I, we'll just, let's just stick with the West and then we'll go to the East. Does that work? Sure. Because I, I want to get... Um, so do you see... So now that Kawhi Leonard's out, when does he come back? You should be back for this next game. Okay. Do you see them winning any games? Uh, no. I think it's going to be a sweep on both ends. Um, okay. Do you do you think that they that the Spurs would have won game one had Kawhi not gotten hurt? Probably, yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I still think the They Warriors, were up by like 24 points. I still think the Warriors come back and may get a game, but I think that it was too... Big a lead, you yeah. know. The, the Spurs play smart. They're they're a smart basketball team. Um, what do you think of Popovich? What do you think of his uh, comments after say, like saying that Zaza was dirty? Oh yeah, he. I agree with it. Yeah, and then his team comes out and lays a dud in the next game. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they also didn't have their best player. Right. So. Um, so we're gonna get to. Uh, Cleveland and Warriors. Yeah, we all knew this. So, all right. So let's go. To, so, like you were saying, we'll go to Game Seven. Um, Celtics, uh, Wizards. 
it was, uh, I just, what, Wizards should have won that game. You think so? Yeah. They just shit the bed. John Wall went to sleep, and they did not guard this Olenek guy. He kept getting but that Olenek. Was the, but that was their game plan, obviously. Let that guy beat us. Yeah. And he did. Uh, at some point, you got to adjust that game they plan. They didn't adjust it, though. Yeah. Um, what, what do you he think? kept of, getting free underneath. I think the problem, you know, the problem with the Wizards, and I, you know, we didn't watch the Wizards. We don't watch every basketball game, but no. But they seem to be a team that that feels like they can, uh, they start slow every game. You know, like they have a bunch of guys that are really good. Well, not think, in this series because they were up like pretty much by double digits in every game of the series. In the well, beginning. I mean, well, the, okay. And then the Boston would come back and win. Yeah, because it kind of ran out of steam. You're right. Well, okay. So here's what I was gonna say. So the problem is, is that there's they don't have any bench. That's like true. I, I feel like the Wizards are just one guy away. Like they could, I think they if they had one guy, they they'd give Cleveland a run for their money. I don't feel that way about the Celtics. I don't think the Celtics are one guy away. I think the Celtics are an interesting in an interesting spot. Um, well, they're gonna have, as we know from the, what happened in the draft and free agent rumors that are coming up, they're gonna have a decent uh, chance to make a good leap. I don't think so. I disagree. Okay, um, but we'll we'll talk about. But like, um, anyway, it did, so inevitably, we're just looking at you think a sweep on both ends. Do you have any idea what that pays out? I don't. We should think. We should look into that. I think yeah, probably not enough. Probably not enough to bet it. Um, so, what do you think about um, you know the MVP? Everything that happened with the MVP now. Now that we've seen the playoffs. You know, well, I mean that they don't. I know. Obviously, they vote on it before this, but but yeah, Westbrook probably is going to win the MVP. He goes out in in five games. I think people think that uh, Harden Harden's going to win it, or or you have Harden, who was uh, pretty pretty much disappeared in 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 the important game. Yeah, and then and, and yes, um, and then you have a guy like LeBron. Who's it's just a beast? Just, I mean, the guy he's taking over. He's like, uh, he's like the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about uh, the LeBron versus Jordan argument right now? Um, I still think Jordan is with the rings and everything that he's accomplished has got the leg up. But maybe by the time LeBron finishes his career, I think. They'll be evenly matched. It's, it'll be a good argument. Do you think there's a... So you think it's a discussion? Yeah. Um, see, I, I still think it's Jordan, and then your everyone else is the argument. I think Le, I have been very anti-LeBron for, for a bunch of years, uh, but I'm... I mean, there's it's kind of hard to argue what he's doing right now. Um, I've been trying to think about it because I have this argument with a bunch of different friends like I have some friends that are really pro LeBron and I think you know like I was listening to someone say if you take away the rings you know it was like an argument this somebody was making um this guy Nick Wright who goes on Colin Coward's show and he was like name me one thing that Jordan does better than LeBron other than the other than the rings 
and he's like, every if you go down, he plays LeBron's better defensively, which I don't know if I agree with, but you could make the case. Yeah, he's a better scorer. He's you know, da, 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 you know, rebounder. There's like just going through, and I was like, but that doesn't mean that you're a better player, because if you're born with this incredible basketball body that LeBron was born with, then you kind of grow up being the best ever all the time, you know? So a guy like Jordan, obviously I put a lot of thought in this, a guy like Jordan <laughs> who got cut from his, you know, high school basketball team, you know, that old story, he has to learn a way to, to, to win that LeBron never has to learn how to win. Like, that never has to learn because LeBron is always physically more gifted than everybody he's playing with. And I think that that's the thing that makes some people better, that drive, that way, you know? Um, I just don't think LeBron ever is capable of grasping at that. Now, I never thought he was capable of going the places he's going now. You know, like, um, I just kind of always thought he wanted to be everybody's friend, be fine just being the guy that is is really good, but he's obviously got a different gear than that. Uh, I think it's pretty, it's a good argument. Yeah. But when all said and done, LeBron might overtake Jordan. We'll see. I know a lot of people don't think so, but we'll see. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, all right. So I got to, while we're doing this, I'm going to do uh, a lottery. No, before we get to the lottery, um, the NBA roll call, Who's close? Who's close to being... I'm trying to use your high-pitched voice. Who's close um, and who needs to revamp their organization right now? Like in the NBA. Oh, who's close? Okay. Um, or better yet, I'll give you the teams... Because I, I did this and I don't okay. want to just put you on the spot. So the teams I thought were close... The only one I've listed on both, close and should revamp, is Oklahoma City. Like, are yes. they close or, or do they need to break it up? No, I think they're close. You do. You think when you have such a player like Westbrook, you put give him. Uh, you know, I think Kyle Lowry is going to be a free agent. You put Kyle Lowry on that team, and, but, but and Kyle Lowry's a, he's a two guard, right? And another and another player. You think that, compete? I don't know if the I don't know if, an, if another backcourt shooter wants to go play with with Westbrook. You know, um, I think if they were to get like a Blake Griffin or something. But I mean Toronto. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, I mean Toronto's they're they're blowing it up. Okay, yeah, Toronto's on my my blow it up list too. Yeah, yeah definitely right. Like we've done this four times in a row or whatever. It's, yeah. it doesn't work. Let's let's move on. Um, all right, who else is close? Utah's Utah close. Uh, they were, but now when they lose Gordon Hayward, so they're, they're definitely gonna lose Gordon Hayward. Where's he gonna go? Is Boston? Probably. That's what everyone says. Uh, which okay. Um, which brings us to Boston. They're close. Uh, Boston's close. So Boston. Okay, let's let's hold off on Boston until we get to the to the lottery. <laughs> okay. um, New Orleans. We think um, New Orleans. They have Boogie and they got Anthony Davis. So they. I close? don't think they're close. No, even with those two. No, you don't think you get them a good point guard? They have so many bad players on their team. It's like they would have to. They still have. They got to revamp. They like haven't picked. They haven't had like a outside of Anthony Davis. They haven't like they they've like been I think in the lottery like nine years in a row or something. The most amazing ones Minnesota. Minnesota's been in like the lottery like I know, and they have like so many good players, but they just can't put it together. Uh, Miami is Miami close? No, 
They're no, good. you don't think so? You got your boy Dragic? Dragic? Yeah. No? No. Nope. Right, I think Miami's close. I do. They were like, they almost made the playoffs. Well, whatever. Almost made the playoffs in the East. Yeah. Doesn't say much. How about Detroit? Well, Detroit's close. Yeah, I think Detroit's close. Uh, Milwaukee. The, yeah, Milwaukee. yeah, Milwaukee's like right there, yeah, right? Right there. They need a couple. They need one other. So they got the free. They get one player. Yeah, they can. Uh, well, what if uh, what's his face from Duke turns out to be what everyone was thought he was going to be? Uh, I forgot his name. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, part uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, here's my revamp teams. Da- uh, are Houston's close? Yes. Are they? Are they? No, they're close. What do they need? Defense. Yeah, <laughs> but but that I mean you, you they gotta, need they need a center right and change up some their offense because uh, their coaching uh, in this playoffs was not very good. What about the Spurs? Yeah, the Spurs are right there. Yeah, I uh, agree. All right, well, some some teams I have is the revamp Dallas. I don't even know who's on their team. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so. I mean, outside Dirk, who's yeah, like Dirk. in his twentieth year, uh, Memphis. Is it they're, time? They're blowing it up. It's time to blow up the Memphis yeah, thing, they're, right? They're the two big men. It's just not. It's that time's passed. The award for the team that needs to revamp the most, I think, the Clippers. Yes, it's time to blow that up, right? Yeah. I what think, do you do? Well, I think uh, one of the big three is gone. And, I mean, I think they'll keep, obviously, they just signed... Uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre to a thing, so it's either going to be... Is he, like, a big three, though? Like, I get that that's their big three, but is he really a big I three? Love, I love Jordan. You do? Yeah, I'd have him on my team. Even though he can't make free throws, that's pretty frustrating. Um, He's just... You, well, you like having yeah. a big man in the middle. Yeah, I like I like having someone that can clog it, play some defense. But you can't run any offense to Right, but you can't run the offense through him. He's no, not like, you're not. You, no. Okay. Um, Blake, right? He's yeah, the one that's got to go. He's probably going to be gone. Uh, they were saying that they're going to try to sign all of, like, but why would, I think Chris Paul is going to want to go anyway. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know he's got this contract coming up. Yeah. It's going to be like $200 million. And he's like the head of the players union, and it's basically called the Chris Paul clause. <laughs> yeah. So for him to make a ton of money, it's like... <laughs> It's like what our politicians are doing right now, you know, setting in laws that are going to help them. Uh, yeah, I think he winds up staying. I mean, he's got so many commercial deals. If he goes back to, like, New Orleans or somewhere, no one's going to care. Well, I think he would go somewhere where he would. Right, that's true, where he'd win. Um, how about Atlanta? Atlanta looked pretty Yeah. They were, they were all right this uh, playoffs. And it looked like Schroeder were... was a little bit better than I thought it was, but... Uh... So you, you you don't think it's time to blow that up? No. Chicago. It's the time to blow up the Chicago thing. Well, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think they're going to be done. Uh, Jimmy Butler, there's rumors of him getting out. So there's the rumors of him getting traded every year. I know. Um, Dwayne Wade's gone. Is he gone? It was only a one-year deal? I think so. He was talking about getting out. So, um, Indiana. Time to blow that up. Well, Paul, Paul George just had this whole – did you hear about this whole thing where he didn't make the all-star team or not the uh, all-NBA team? So it basically cost him yeah, like, well, all I knew this that. money. I heard, I heard that was going to happen, but I don't know what the result was. Yeah, so he basically didn't make it. So 
he can't get like the two hundred million dollar contract or whatever. Oh, so he may opt out. Okay, and go somewhere else where right it's basically the same amount of money now for him to go somewhere else than it is to stay. I just heard on the radio. Bad news for Paul George means good news for the Lakers. That's what they must have meant because yeah. everyone knows. Everyone seems to assume he wants to come play for the Lakers because he's an LA native. Less the Knicks. They're so far away from even the. So what do you do if you're if you're get Phil Jackson, Carmelo. Carmelo? But also, they need to get rid of Phil Jackson. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> would you? So you do everything to hold on to the. Uh, well, yeah, Porzingis, he's right? like he's your uh, he's your main guy now. And so, where like, wh- what do you think? Is there any takers for Anthony? Yeah, he'll, I mean, they were talking about him going to Cleveland. They I mean, were. Well, yeah. If you're Cleveland and you go to the finals again, you know, do you... someone will take him? Okay, I'd like to see him in Oklahoma City too. Yeah, I, see, I, I like him going to the, to the Clippers and then um, having Griffin go either Knicks or. Well, that's a good good recap, I think. Yeah. Um, how about we'll get into the lottery? Uh, do you remember? Which is rigged. Oh, okay. Do you think the it's rigged? Is such bullshit. Oh, really? Let's hear it. So basically, the Lakers like didn't get the top three. They would not add a first round pick until like the twenty. Well, let's before we get into your theories. Did you have a rooting interest? Yeah, I wanted the Suns to get a uh, top three pick for myself and for a bet. So let's let me just do this. Take a, a, a sidebar for anybody that's ever gambled with Jason Salzman. Um, you have a habit. want some money. You have a habit of throwing your favorite teams into bets when you want something to happen versus the when you think it's going to happen. You you tend wait just let's just hear me out. Let you, me just say. Let me the hear me out Suns had you, wait just hear me out. You tend to uh, cloud your judgment with. What you really want to happen with what is really going to happen when it comes to your favorite team? The Suns had a twenty percent chance of getting a first, the first pick. Fifty-six percent chance of getting a top three pick, and they had the second worst record. They should have got it, and Lakers. If they were out of the top three, they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have had a pick to like the end of the first round. And somehow, Lakers got a uh, top. They got the second pick, and now they're going to probably get Lonzo Ball. So not that the Suns would have taken Lonzo Ball, but but what I'm saying is all these percentages. The one percentage you're missing is they have a hundred percent rooting interest from you, which <laughs> makes them mushed. Okay. When it comes to gambling, all right. Well, I'm just saying. I it's listen. It's my fault for betting with you. I know better. Whatever we <laughs> we win bets. <laughs> we win bets when they're not involving the New York Giants or the Phoenix Suns. Anyway, well, hopefully they get Josh Jackson. Anyway, well, that's what I was going to say. So if the lottery happens. Um, do you do you remember like players being at the lottery? No, I don't. What, what was that about? They flew out all the guys who were, like... They didn't even fly out, like, lottery players. You know, they threw out guys that, like, might not even be drafted in the first round to sit in the audience to watch the lottery. Like who? Uh, like, Justin Jackson. He'll be in the first round. Yeah, but he's, like, a... He's, like, a... Tw- around, going around 20th, 19th, you know? I'm just saying, like... 
he's not a lottery player. <laughs> and they got all these guys coming out there to watch the lottery. I just don't. It was it was odd. Like I remember, it used to be in a little room. Yeah, and it was the general managers or the or the owners. And it was like a totally awkward thing where they would turn each card over, and uh, and they the guys would be sitting in two levels of of like panels of they're like at podiums sitting there and have to give like a non frustrated look when their name came up. Joel Embiid didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so. When they started talking about, which made no sense, how 76ers got in the top three, but I actually figured out how it worked, um, which I'm blanking on it right now, but once they gave, basically Sacramento came in five. They had the right to trade. Well, so they were automatically had a top three pick because the Lakers, because the Lakers wouldn't have gotten four or something. It didn't make any sense, and Joel Embiid didn't know, understand what was going on either. Okay. Well, I don't know if you... Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm just looking at my notes from then. Um, you know, the big story was the Lakers, where the Lakers were going to pick. Because if they lost their pick, it would go to the 76ers, and they wouldn't have a first-round pick. and then Or they'd get, like, a late first-round pick. Uh, and they would also lose their 2019 first-round pick. Right. Um, so you think that this is fixed? It had to be. Well, they uh, they explain the process, and um, they one of the people they had to make sure that nothing went wrong was what the Lakers GM, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> um, going going down the line, like if you if you like, who would you send if you owned a team to like be your representative? Do you like sending the player? Do you like sending? No, I'm going to send the president of the team or the general manager. Well, what about Wick Grossback, the guy from the Celtics? He's the governor of basketball operations. What's the governor of basketball operations? Yeah, I don't know what that meant. Or who that... Well, they were a little busy, so they couldn't send anybody. True. But being the governor... I think they were playing that night. <laughs> it was right before the game. Um, anyway, I... Um, so that was the only guy. That was the designated survivor. How screwed are the Nets? Yeah. Like, they lose next year's draft pick, too, right? Yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're done. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're They've done. They've done for a while. But, like, think about it. Four years of first-round draft picks going well, to... Stop making Celtics. terrible trades. It was one trade. <laughs> it was a very bad trade, but it was one trade. And then we haven't heard from that guy since. I don't know if it's just because we live on the West Coast, or nobody really cares, but... That was, uh... It's hard as someone who casually roots for the Nets, like myself. Um, that's uh, it doesn't give you a lot to to pay attention to. Um, all right, so the the picks come out. We lose our bet, which we had Alvarez by decision, and we parlayed it with the Suns getting the top three pick. So we why, lost. Why we didn't parlay it with the Lakers getting a top three pick, knowing full well that the Lakers probably been better odds. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, just knowing. But, um, all right. So, let's start with this. The Celtics get first pick. Everyone says they got to take Markel Fultz. Yeah. Let's see. The top two picks are gone. So, do you know anything Lonzo about Markel Fultz? I know. Uh, no, not really. Me neither, right? You just know what you've read yeah. and what they tell you. You know, he's won, he won. They won, like, nine games the entire year. Yeah. He's beaten, like, 
four or five teams. I understand the knocks on the guy. I don't know if I'd take... I mean, I know... I'm not saying he's not better than him because I don't know. But if I was the Celtics, I think I would trade that pick. Would you? No. Really? You'd rather take Markel Fultz, keep your team as it is, than trade it for, like, Jimmy Butler or, you know, hit, trade the pick and something else for Jimmy Butler. You're not going to trade the pick. You don't think so? No. Because they're going to they're gonna get a veteran, Max guy, and probably Hayward. They'll sign another guy, and then they got the first pick. And they still have Thomas and Hoffert, Hoffert. But does that team beat Cleveland? Yeah. That team is going to be tough. If they have Hayward... It's going to be a pretty interesting team next year. So Markel Fultz becomes your point guard, right? And then Isaiah Thomas plays your two guard. Is that what is that what happens, or does Isaiah Thomas stay no, as your point Isaiah guard? Thomas, so Markel Fultz becomes your your shooting guard, shooting guard, and like second unit point guard. Okay. Um, I'm not saying to take another player over Fultz because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. I just think. Seeing that you're the number one seed, you're playing in the in, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. You you're not stacking up well with the team that's there. I don't think a 19 year old kid is going to come in and change your team enough to get you there. Yeah. Now, if you can sign Gordon Hayward and you as you said, and another guy, they're going to get someone else. Okay, they should probably okay. Then then maybe I can understand it, but I don't think that that team beats Cleveland as it's currently constructed. That's just my thing. We'll see. All right. Second pick, the Lakers. Everyone says it's Alonzo Ball. And Alonzo Ball said he's only working out for uh, one team, which is the Lakers, which is maybe going to force them to not, like if he holds out, if like uh, the Celtics take him. Well, the Lakers said they're going to work out Alonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox. As Darren you, Fox is pretty good. Yeah, if you remember Darren when they squared off yeah. against each other, Darren Fox had thirty six points against them. So um <laughs> they were talking about whether or not they were gonna like uh I heard an interview, a very now infamous interview with Lonzo Ball's dad, LeVar Ball. They asked him if he would let his son play one on one with him in the workout. And he's like, He's not afraid of anybody, but I don't think they're gonna really let let him play to it. Um, I would love to see... Lonzo needs to dump his dad, but that's yeah. another thing. But I, I think... Um, so I think that... Uh, like, So, yeah, he needs to dump his dad. Is that too big a headache to, to take this guy? Like, in no. a draft full of very, like really good players, do you no. take a chance on a guy with an insane father? Well, the organization could... Uh, teach, teach Lonzo that he needs to... Distance himself from the Lavar. But, but Lavar, see, the problem is you got these networks like Fox Sports and, and ESPN are so hell bent on putting Lavar Ball on TV because they, you know, he's ratings. Good ratings. Yeah. So now you have this problem where he's going to be interfering. Like, I just listen to people who are fans of other teams say they they have no interest in Lonzo Ball because they don't want to deal with his dad and they don't want to deal with the fact that his dad's gonna be like, no, he wants to go play for the Lakers. So even if we draft him. There's a good chance he's just going to leave us and go to the Lakers and some, you know. Um, it just, it drives me nuts. Uh, I don't know if you heard the, we were talking about this a little bit, the interview with LeVar Ball yesterday on Coward where he got in a fight with Coward's co-host, Christine Leahy, no. No. and basically, like, threatened her. Um, 
he, he didn't. He didn't outright threaten her. He just said, "I." He said, "I don't talk to you." He he said, "No, stay in your lane." And she's been kind of critical of him in the past. And she said, uh, "How many people? You know, how many shoes have you sold?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it. Just stay in your lane." And she's like, "Well, if you know, if maybe if you made clothing for women, um, you know, you're gonna need women behind you because they buy a lot of sporting wear." You know, he goes. He's, and he was just dismissing it and she called him sexist and he came off horribly. And it's been a kind of a big story and now it's it's kind of escalating to a thing where some people say it's race related and gender related, you know, as every argument now in this world becomes. But do you want to be, have, do you want to have to deal with that every fucking week? <laughs> no. So why would you take Lonzo Ball over like De'Aaron Fox? A guy who's pretty, pretty awesome. Well, because... Consensus people think that Lonzo is going to be a superstar. Yeah, I think he's great, but I just don't. Yeah. I think this this the head I stuff. You know. So yeah. all right. So say they take Lonzo Ball. They have to trade D'Angelo Russell now, or uh, no? They're not trading anyone. The Lakers aren't going to trade Russell. They're they, not trading anyone. two point guards. Then they they got two points. Why you're not a GM? All right. The third pick. The Suns have like four. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. You've been following Suns basketball, so no wonder you don't know how to put together a team. (laughs) I just want to tell you this. Aside from us losing money, I think that the Suns are fine because I don't think, you know, Josh Jackson's a, he's what, like a small forward? Yeah. The Sixers have drafted forwards every year for the last like three or four years. Uh, They need a guard. There's a lot of guards. I don't see them taking Josh Jackson. I thought they were going to take... They were looking at Tatum. Oh, really? Or not, Over, is it Tatum? Well, Tatum, yeah, maybe. He's a he's a forward. I, I just don't don't okay. I think Josh Jackson's gonna wind up on the on the Suns either way, and that's who you wanted, so I think Yeah, I think yeah. he's gonna he'll fit perfectly in there. So this draft, I mean, either way, it's just like a um people like this Jonathan Isaac, Florida State guy and the N C State guy. And it was the foreign guy that's supposed to be good. The guy from France? Yeah. Frank Natalika, Natalikina. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's supposed to be really good. Um, but uh, so that I mean, yeah, I think you want to be any of these guys are going to be good. Um, but I like the fact that you would okay stay with keep your pick if you're the Celtics. I'd trade keep, it. No, keeping a pick. And if I was the Lakers, I'd be really hesitant to take. The Celtics won't have a number one pick in a long time. Might as well use. What it. are you talking about? They're gonna have another one next year. Were the Nets going to suddenly improve? They get the Nets' number one pick next year, too. So they'll have the top three. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll bet on that. Uh, so. Um, after that segment, move into our uh, Saturday Night Live. you have anything else to uh, talk about? Nope. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, we're just going to do a quick recap of this year. Yeah. Saturday is the season finale with The Rock and Katy Perry. That's right. Uh, came out today or yesterday that Bobby Moynihan, it's going to be his last his last uh, episode of Saturday Live after nine seasons. You going to miss the drunk uncle? No. <laughs> uh, I, I don't dislike Bobby Moynihan. Um, I actually got to meet and interview him once and he was like the nicest, like couldn't have been like a cooler guy, you know. Um, like you enjoy when people know who they are and appreciate it. And he was like one of those kinds of guys. Um, but I didn't think he was all that funny. 
Um, but I also don't think it's really fair because he's the heavier guy. And the heavier guy usually in the world of Saturday Night Live is the comic foil, the yeah. physical comedian. And he wasn't that guy. And I think when he showed up, that's just who we wanted that guy to be. Like, we wanted him to be the Belushi, the Farley, the dangerous. Yeah. And, he, and he's kind of like, hey, I'm a nice guy. Um, which is the, most of the comedians now, I think, on Saturday Night Live. Or just like they're nicer guys. Like, that's what I think part of what it's missing. Yeah, um, it's missing a lot. Yeah, there, there's no bite, you know. So yeah, I like Bobby Moynihan, and he's fine, and and he's he just never stood out to me. I, I won't miss him. I never cared about most of the characters he played. Um, sorry, but I I liked him. I thought he was a really nice guy. All right, you know, but uh, and and never never like took away from any scenes he was fine just never really made anything better he had, he had some good cutaways we yeah. didn't have to make a dumb face okay <laughs> um but I want to get like we'll get into the cast yeah. at the end because that's kind of what we're going to get into here um so this year what do you think of this year overall well as you know with me in terms of Saturday Live I don't uh love it as much as everyone else I don't, I feel like it's missing that one or two, like, comedian, comedians, like a Kate McKinnon, who could just, once they get on screen, you know, it's going to be funny. So it's missing a Kate McKinnon? No, I'm saying a couple other people like Kate McKinnon. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, all these good ideas. Was there ever a time you felt you were happy with Silent Live and their cast? Yeah, I mean, when... When was the last time? I mean, I think when Bill Hader and Amy Poehler and all them were uh, Tina Fey, I mean... I disagree. I I lived with you at those times, and you used to say that the cast sucked then, too. All right, well, I have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> Tara Life. But uh, I'm not doing Because I di- think that there's... They always come up with, like, good, like, premises, but for some reason, the execution is bad. Interesting. In a lot of them. Um, I'm just, I'm not putting a witch on you. I think most people feel this way. Like, w- before that, like, with the Will Ferrell years. Yeah. Like, did you every, think that cast sucked? No, every... You you remember them fondly, but you, at the time, you probably said that they sucked, too. No, every... I didn't, I, I'll tell you, I, those years, I thought that this cast wasn't as good. Listen, it missed, like, with Will Ferrell and Chris Farley and all these guys... As soon as they came on screen, they could just stand there in front of the camera and you know that it's just funny. They emote funny. You you don't just... You don't the other... Just... There's no one on this other than Kate McKinnon on this uh, cast that when they come on screen, I'm like really excited. Unless Melissa McCarthy like pops up. Okay. I totally agree with you. Well, I don't totally agree with you. I agree with you about this cast that she is the only person that comes on and you're like I'm gonna keep this on because she's yeah, gonna okay. do something funny like yeah. there's a 90% chance that she's gonna be funny there's nobody else like that but I just think that you're like I think this is what we all do is we tend to remember these people that are now super like that we now think of as super funny um, in that light when we didn't at the time like we think Will Ferrell is like the funniest guy in Saturday Night Live, you know, like, 
But at the time, it wasn't like, oh, Will Ferrell's on, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there, there was after a while, but at first we didn't feel that way. Is there anybody... In well, the cast me, now that you that you think may have potential to be that close. Well, I have a couple of those. Okay, well, let works. me just say that uh, another, just an overall thing is that, rightfully so, this season relied heavily on the politics and all the shit that's going on with Trump. And it took away from a lot of the regular skits, I thought. 100% agree. It's a huge problem because right now... Um, and I've actually, I was reading a lot on this the last couple of days because, uh, I, I think this is all very fascinating. Um, politics aren't like real life is just so fucked up right now with, with politics that there's no way, obviously by Saturday, you're going to be able to make that more funny than it already is or more interesting. You know, they, they trot out Alec Baldwin to play Trump. You know what the joke's going to be, unless yeah. they're putting Trump in a it situation. It seems like the same skit every single time he's on. However, I do look forward to those skits, and I'm I fun. and yeah. I'm very into them, and I laugh, you know, because you want you, the you, world's really messed up politically right now, <laughs> and you want someone to be able to like take a piss out of yeah. it. You know, like you want someone to make it funny for you, and. Um, so so it serves its purpose, but it is a problem because you're right. It's it becomes the only thing that people talk about, watch, remember. Yeah. But that's but that's like life right now. Outside of like whatever shows people are binge watching, the only other thing people talk about are like politics and you know, where does this fit? Was this Yeah. And it look, I'm I I was and just And they throw Sean Spicer skits in there. Right. So your whole episode is taken up with and the news is majority Donald Trump stuff, so it's like. And then and then Saturday Live makes fun of it, and then they become yeah. the headline on Monday. Yeah, you know, because Trump will tweet about it, or you know, and, well, he did the first couple weeks, and then they just start trying to find ways to push his buttons because they they become the headline, and it becomes a whole take on a whole role of itself uh, on its own. You're you're absolutely right, and that's a huge. Like I was going over what my favorite sketches were this year, and. All four of them, I have four sketches that stood out to me. All four of them were were politically related. Okay, what were the uh, sketches? Um, my number four was uh, when Le- Leslie Jones dressed up as Black Trump. Oh yeah. Um, she wanted to be. She wanted to play Trump. Yeah. Um, and uh, then she gets picked up by Melania at the end, and um, in the yeah. limo. Uh, my third favorite was the election night, right at, with Chappelle and Chris that Rock. Was, yeah, that's on my top skits. That was hilarious. Um, that yeah, that just kind of was you know that that was a big. We'll we'll go over some of these episodes, but that was a big episode to have right after the election. It was just it to be able to make the jokes that they made. I think it was it was he was the right guy to be hosting that show. Yeah, and he had to like change this whole monologue. Um, after the yeah, show. I yeah. Uh, my second favorite was the family feud, I think it was, with um, Trump supporters versus the Tom Hanks episode. Yeah. Or it was the Black Jeopardy. Yeah, bless us. It was Black Jeopardy. And, and he, Tom Hanks kept giving the answers. The people yeah. were like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought that was great. Like, that that yeah. was my second favorite. And my first favorite, I think it's everybody's, was the first time Sean Spicer. Yeah. When that happened, I mean, you were choking. You're laughing yeah, so was, hard. Melissa McCarthy is just so funny. What were your favorite skits of the year? 
My favorite skits were the uh, Dave Chappelle election night one. Um, I loved the <laughs> Kristen Stewart, Pete Davidson skit where they met at the coffee shop. I love that skit too. I'm with you. And he like said, we're going to go out on a date. And then like, she goes, okay. And then she leaves and he doesn't have any of her information. Yeah, that was great. I'm with you. That was great. I thought that was great. Uh, and then, um, I liked the, uh, Margot Robbie one with where she has the husband. That's kind of bland. And like all the, it was like basically the first skit of the whole season. Basically, Margot Robbie was being interviewed, uh, and all of a sudden, like, her husband comes up, and it's, like, some guy that everyone's like, why are you married to this person? And it keeps flashing back. I thought that was really funny. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon, the basketball extras. Yeah, I like that one, too, but the problem is they did, like, two or three uh, skits this year with extras. Like, it kind of became a... It kind of became a little stale to me at that point, but I thought that was really funny. I'm okay. The Aziz Ansari mon- uh, one with the La La Land, that was pretty funny. But they, uh, see, I like that too, but they did that with Beyonce like two or three years ago. It was like the same joke. Remember, like, you don't like Beyonce, that whole... I don't remember that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I like the Dunkin' Donuts that one. That's pretty good. The, what about um, the best the best episodes? Um, I thought the best episodes were Kristen Stewart one. Yeah, I thought that was my favorite one of the year. I thought. Yeah, I thought she was like when you look at you her, don't like her either. You have like major problems. No, with no, Kristen I, like, I like. You Kristen have more Stewart. problems with Kristen Stewart than Donald Trump. That's does. not true. I, I'm actually a fan of Kristen Stewart. You oh okay. You have like a love hate thing where you you like to comment on the way she has her cool attitude or something. There's something that you don't like about you. Yes. I I, I defend, I defend her. Okay. I don't know where where this is coming from. All right. But, uh, I thought that she was like really natural and, uh, like she was one of the best actors that they had on the, uh, the whole, when you look at her and, and, uh, Felicity Jones, like episode, which was the worst probably. That was my worst episode as well. I don't even have a skit to write down from that one. It was she was so uncomfortable, like not in her element. Um, and then um, I thought the Tom Hanks one was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That's not my top five. But what are what are, what are, which ones did you like? I had Louis C.K. one at five. The Emily Blunt one. I don't even remember it. But then I started looking back at old clips and I laughed a lot. So. Emily Blunt four. Yeah, the Emily Blunt one. They had the skit where they were the, the call girls. Yeah, the short film festival. The short film festival is great. If you've ever been to a short film festival, it's like so perfect. Like. Every single person gets up. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, after the movie, like they do the Q and A, and like they're like, "Oh, we're gonna bring up the cast and crew," and like everyone in the crowd gets up except for one person, Vanessa Bear. Um. I had uh, Scarlett Johansson episode as my third. Wasn't no. loving the Scarlett Johansson. Okay, I didn't either. And then I, then I, when I was looking back at the clips, they had the fire, the the lesbians and the gay guys at Fire Island, and what they comparing what they were doing. There was the dog translator who was like a Trump supporter. Yeah, the drug, the the dog translator was pretty good. There was the complicit, which was the um, Ivanka Trump. Oh yeah, 
perfume, and then there was the Olive Garden extra scene. Which was uh, the first. I loved the Olive Garden. Yeah, so I mean, so when you start piling them up, forgot like, about the it's Olive a pretty Garden. Good, it's yeah. a pretty good uh, thing. Those are my top five. My le- my like bottom five were the Chris Pine. That's the thing. It's like, I want the skits just to be dumb as shit, like <laughs> the Olive Garden extra scene. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pine, Olivia Spencer, or Octavia Spencer, Emma Stone. Chris Pine, like, no. The John Cena. And My the, mom was like, I don't even know who that is. And the worst is Felicity Jones. Like, she was like, I really like the uh, the uh, opening monologue for Chris Pine, because I don't even know who he is either. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> that was the best part of the whole thing. That was that in the, the real world. When they were like doing the real world, the reality show. For more go. No, um, you did you get an advertisement deal? No, I was going to uh, play this clip. Oh, I thought he was get running commercials. The during... Octavia Spencer. Uh, I, I thought you hit the pavement and started selling sponsorship. I have I have one of my clips is from the uh, Octavia Spencer episode, and it's uh, it's reset itself, so I'm going to try to fix it while we're talking. But one of my. Uh, I guess shining. You said, "Hey, do you like? Uh, is anyone you think have potential?" And I know I've said this before, but that new girl, Melissa Villa Senor, I think is really good. I think she's going to be big. I like her uh, um, impersonations. She actually like was on um, America's Got Talent. Which is, I told you I was going to put a clip at the end and I'm going to play the, uh, her audition or her, her performance at the, uh, America's Got Talent because she's actually like working at a retail store and she's like, they were like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to be a comedian. And looks like she, she got her, uh, she got her wish. I want to see it because I'll be honest, I don't get her at all. Well, here we go. She, she, wait a second. Her voice sounds like this. She sounds like she's talking through her nose. I know, I like it. I, I don't. I don't. She hasn't done anything funny yet in the entire. All right, go ahead, play your clip. She was in this. Or it was the Zootopia skit. Go for it. Where she was doing some of her impressions. Doctor Nectar, I'm Agent Star with Black the Bird. <laughs> okay. Then we have uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as a bat. You know, I'm a bat. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I misread that. The bat is actually Owen Wilson. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm a bat. Yeah. Hello. Sorry, I, uh, I really misread it. The bat is Kate McKinnon. Hey, hey, I'm a bat, okay? She does a good Kate McKenna. Okay. Now, again, that was a good skip for her, but I was about the only... All right. Well, we're going to get into the cast in a second. Uh, what were, any any episodes on this that you liked, that you loved or disliked? Um, Benedict Cumberbatch was awful. Yeah, I don't even remember so. much of that. Um, as far as... Uh, Steve Martin had a couple appearances this, this season, which uh, are always good. I love seeing him. He should just come back and host. Yeah. He's not going to, but... Um, I think Cecily Strong and Beck Bennett are too prominent. Let's, we're going to get to the cast. We're not, I thought we were holding them to the end of the cast. Okay. Keep saying. Chris Pine episode was really bad. 
And most of the musical performances are bad. All right, so let's get into the musical performances. I, I agree, most of them were pretty forgettable. Um, I, I brought up the ones that I thought were, were the best. Um, do you have any specifically? Yeah, I had... Uh, I, the, the, the three... The people that I liked were uh, 21 Pilots... Um, I thought, even though I'm not a Bruno Mars fan, I thought his performances were good. They were fun. They did the whole going through the, uh, behind the scenes, which has been used a lot this season. Yeah, it was. Um, especially with Lin-Manuel, you know, it started with that. And then this last episode where they, she was less, or they brought her the Mother's Day one. Yes. Well, they brought it. Um, and Lady Gaga was all right. Yeah, I thought Lady Gaga was good. And uh, LCC sound system. Was oh. I, had, I put them on. Nice. I, I, the rest, I fast forward. Okay. Uh, I had seven performances I liked. Okay. Gaga, LCD sound system, but I also thought I was just putting them on because I really liked him. I thought Chance the Rapper was really good. Uh, I thought the Lord performance was really good. I don't get Lord. It's fine. You get, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, But I thought she was really good. Like... Um, I thought, like, you know, she got uh, weird with the dancing um, and took a lot of flack for it and then did it right. I don't know. I thought she was good. I, I never was into 21 Pilots ever. I thought they were kind of this goofy, corny thing. And I thought they were really good on Saturday yeah. Live. Like, I totally changed my opinion. I thought the Tribe Called Quest performance, we fought about that. I thought that was awesome. Uh, but I thought my fair was the XX. Um, well, I wasn't into the XX. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Um, Although they do headline all the uh, festivals. festivals. Um, but, you know, ultimately... Alright, here's the thing I'll say about the music. I thought they did pre- I thought they did a good job of trying things. Like, that's the thing I always love. I get excited for whoever's going to be on Saturday Night Live musically. Like, those aren't necessarily my favorite songs that were played, but I thought those performances were, like, the best. Like, I like a band like Haim, right? I like those girls that were on last week. Yeah, no. But their performance wasn't good. Do you think Octavia Spencer knew who Father John Misty was? No, I don't think. I don't think Octavia Spencer knows. Like, I don't think she. <laughs> no. Um, Chain smokers were awful. That band is just not even really a band. Um, yeah, they're just. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was one. I don't even remember who then that John Cena episode. I don't remember the whole entire thing. I don't remember who Marin Morris is. I was like. She's a country singer. Okay, I just didn't even remember. Um, but they anyway. Uh, the biggest problem with Saturday Night Live this year we were talking about was is the politics, and this will lead us into the the the, the cast. They have a super problem, where, like you said, where there's Kate McKinnon and nobody else that shows up. So this year when they did their politics, they had you know um, people Al, from outside. Alec Baldwin yeah. doing Trump. And Melissa McCarthy doing Spicer. And those things were, like, awesome when they happened. But it also exposed the fact that they don't have anybody. Well, also, Kate McKinnon was Hillary Trump for her first half of the year. Well, you're right. Forget putting her aside because she's all the rest of the cast. You know, you go through her. She's Kelly Conway. She's Jeff Sessions. Um, But, like, they really don't have anyone to play anybody coming up. And so, well, they had, like, Larry David came on as Bernie. Yeah, Larry, yeah, Larry David. Was um, 
so they've got, and this goes into your your whole. They had Fallon, Jimmy Fallon playing Kushner. They had Margot Robbie and Emily Blunt and Carl Johansson all play Ivanka Trump. Like all the main players are played by other people. The only person, the only other person is uh, Cicely Strong plays Melania Trump, but she doesn't really play anything. She just, <laughs> you know. So it's, 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 while it was super funny to have them, it's a major problem. It exposes that they don't have anybody to to do this. Um, apparently, Beck Bennett does a great Mike Pence, but or a, a great Sean Spicer of his own. But he's doing Pence and he's doing Putin. Yeah. And look, well, all right, let's start doing this. Game. So wait, hold on. So in terms of that, they can get around it by doing kind of what Pete Davidson does, where he like. Gives a little monologue. Here's another clip. From oh, this is, you're looking forward to get this clip in. Okay. Yeah. It's, what is this? Does this end? Okay. Yeah. It talks. Oh, shit. All right. Never mind. We're passing it. Okay. Um, Everything's resetting. I don't know why. So Basically, he did a whole monologue about, like, right after Trump won the election and was saying, like, you know, commenting on it as his character on the weekend update. You know? But that's, that's another... Okay, so... We start getting into the the cast. That's a big problem. Is he's super funny, but he's a stand up comedian. Yeah. And the same thing with Leslie Jones. They're probably that you could argue that they're two of the three funniest people on that show, but they're stand up comedians. They're not sketch people. So they're funniest when they're talking about their them in these situations. Yeah. You know. Um, so, I think like. Center Live should try just one season instead of doing like high profile A list. Wait, actors, you're going to change the 42 year old yeah, institution? They should do one season where they have nothing but comedians that are also writers host the show. Host the show. Okay, because I think that'll benefit to the skits. But yet, yeah, your favorite was like Kristen Stewart. Right, but I'm just saying. I'm saying for next season, okay. I should try it. Kristen Stewart's episode was the best. But it still doesn't It doesn't solve the problem that they have, which is that they're cast. And, and we were talking about this, I was saying earlier, we always think back. But I do think they're at a major problem. I started lining up their cast in, into players. I think the funniest people, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. I yeah. think Vanessa Bayer is so funny. She's funny, but she's so much like Kate McKinnon. That she gets like... Oh, that's true. I never thought about that. Her and Kate McKinnon like, look the same. And they kind of like act the same. And they basically like were like, all right, we're going to put Kate or Vanessa in the skit. They're never really in the same skits. That's interesting. See, I don't, I don't know. All right. I, I, I think I, Vanessa Bear is funny. Yeah. I see where you're coming from with that. But I think Vanessa Bear plays... She plays like this bashful person very well. And Kate McKinnon can never because she comes out as blah, blah, you know? So I don't know... But that's an interesting point. Um, but I, I, is there anyone else you'd put in, like, the funniest people? Those three. Uh, Pete Davidson? See, I wouldn't put him there yet. No, not yet. He's a funny guy, but again, he's in, like, one skit, yeah. maybe. Yeah, he's never in any skits. Um, along, along with Melissa Villasenor. Which right. they're, but they're feature players. Right, but I... All right, they're not, so, like, the main cast. Uh, what about... I'm going to just go through the rest of the cast and see where you come... A.D. Bryant. Oh, I like Katie Bryant. She's fine, but yeah. she's like Bobby Moynihan with a with yeah. boobs. Yeah, she's fine. Um, like a nice, you know. But yes, she's grown over me. I thought she was the most unfunny person when she first started. 
Actually, I thought Keenan Thompson was most. She's never really like the main person on the skit. She's always like the. I don't know. She okay. I disagree. She's. Had, I. Th- I feel like she's had some, some like especially in the beginning of this season where she was, the main character. But all right, whatever. Uh, Kyle Mooney. He's someone that fascinates me because he, go ahead. all of his he does a lot he does a lot of those off uh, or to pre tape things. Yes. Well, he and Beck Bennett, I guess, were partners with a third guy that they're kind of the Lonely Island light version, yeah. um, which never works. The second version of the first thing never works. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell this is a, like their skits are like, huh? but never like, wow, that's like, do you remember that skit that those guys did? Um, I like Kyle Mooney. I remember he was, remember he was um, on Norm McDonald's sports show in Comedy Central. He played Norm's um, nephew, oh, yeah. who was like this awkward interviewer. Those things are the best. <laughs> um, I think he's funny. I just think he plays one character very well, and that's it. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, he's, or I said this uh, two weeks ago. He's got his own movie coming out this summer, so... I read about it. It looks really good. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see if he, you know, maybe he breaks out because of this. He's you know. got a good cast. Uh, Bob Moynihan, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, Cicely Strong, you think she's overused? Overused. She's like in too much. She doesn't really, yeah. And she doesn't offer that much. She, you know why? Because at the beginning she did like one or two characters that everybody loved. And beat them to the ground. Like not her fault. I'm sure that they were beat to the ground. Um, what about Mikey Day and Alex, the two new guys, Alex Moffat, they're basically like the same person morphed. They're fine. Like skinny white guys. Yeah. Like, do we need more of those? No. They were in that skit with the, the call girls. Yeah. And they're funny, but you just, you probably could have just hired one of them and been all right. Uh, okay. So this is my, that's my second tier. This is my third tier. Uh, this is where your girl, Melissa Villasenor falls for me. Okay. Not a fan, but we'll see. Keenan Thompson? Same, same just, thing. Just will never get it. Yeah. I laugh a little bit more now. He was in the same interview with Bobby and I liked him, him too. It was like... And a, so lot, now, a lot of people love that guy. When you like people, like... But, uh, no. I just... It's just not my guy. Uh, Beck Bennett falls in here for me. Yeah, he's in too much. He's in every skit. Here's, here's my thoughts on Beck Bennett. Like, he... He tries really hard. You know, like, that guy cares a lot. Yeah. You can tell that everybody, like, you could see Pete, you know, I know he's sober now, but you could see Pete Davidson going and blowing a couple lines after doing, like, a scene and be like, whatever, I'm going to get a drink. Like, Beth Bennett, like, you could tell that guy, like, this is, like, he's going to give it his all. But his all is always the same character. <laughs> True. Whether he's playing Putin or Pence or the baby... <laughs> person or whatever he's doing um i don't know like i feel like he'll be around for a long time i'd be surprised if he wasn't no yeah he's gonna be on that show for a while like he just needs to but i'm with you he needs to get he needs to fall in the back the problem is you don't have enough people to step up so he winds up being in too many things and we were saying this i just appreciate somebody who tries really hard so i want to give him the benefit of the doubt but he's just not that funny to me um, maybe because he's like, I don't know, like a deep voiced white guy like us. So we think of you see <laughs> how you'd act to try to look cool in a sketch and try to be funny and you're not like, so it makes you cringe twice as much. 
Um, so that's my third level. I have one person in my fourth level. Sashir Zamata? Yeah. You know what I have next to her? Are we keeping her around because of her ethnicity? Well, I think that's probably one of the most obvious answers to a question. Um, I mean, first of all, Leslie Jones has taken over any of those uh, roles. But the problem is... She's a lot funnier than her. Yes, but the problem is she's not a sketch player, so she can't... It's hard to just stick... Les, it's too. It's very hard to stick Leslie Jones into like to be just a random person in anything. Yeah, because she's too like. When I say this, she's very big. I just mean her personality. Her, you know, she's very loud. Like her, she stands out. Um, the only thing I remember that Sahasha Zamara or whatever I can like. She's been on this for like five years. I can't. The only I remember doing this year is a Lupita Nuago without a South African accent. <laughs> like, you have one job there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't see any... Yeah, I don't... I, she's going to be around, though. I guess. I guess. And I, I am fully for... Diversity. You know, well, I, I just getting rid of half of these white guys. Because it's like the same guy times seven. <laughs> I don't. That's true. They're I don't all the same care. guy. I don't care about the ethnicity like as much. No, as, none of the guys stand out. No, I don't. With any sort of like, like Bill Hader had his, you know, shtick, personality. If you saw Bill Hader and Andy Samberg show up the same year, you'd be like, oh, do we really need two of these guys? And they do completely different yeah. things, and they're, you know, I'm fine with that. But when you have like six white guys who kind of do the same thing, it's like I don't know if we need all that. Uh. How about the news team, and then we can move on. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I mean, they're all right. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. I just. I'm not a they're, huge news weekend update. Oh, I love new, weekend update news. Um, I think it's too long. All right. Well, I think that they're not going to go down in the pantheon of greats. Yeah. But they hold. They hold it down just fine. Um, sometimes Michael they like. Jay has definitely gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think they let him say things that they, when he started, they were probably afraid to let him say, you know, they've turned that into a part yeah, of the, the character sure. and it, and they were, I think they worked it in well. It's like, it's not safe, but it's, it's done in a way that, cause we, now that we like kind of know him, we're like, Oh, that's funny. White people stuck. You're right. Um, and, and Colin Joseph's. Yeah, they they just they they have like their little buddy thing where they like act like yeah. they like each other a little too much sometimes. But I think overall they get the, they get the job done. All right, all right. So without taking that, we we decided the last thing we would do real quick is our well our top five favorite Saturday Night Live people of all time. And we're uh, we're hoping that it's not going to be the same, but we know that a couple of people are probably going to be the same. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be very close. Yeah. Uh, so who were some of, well, I'll just give you my top five. Just give me your top five then. Number five, Kristen Wiig. Whoa. She was in my pool of, of, of extras, but, uh. She didn't make it? She didn't make my top five. I mean, I, wow. The amount of things that she did and just the range of comedy she had was just amazing. Um, I had actually her and Amy Poehler kind of. Hovering around five. Wow. Okay. So, so her and Amy Poehler tied for five. 
You can't have a tie for five. I got tied for five. You've got a tie. Honorable for, mention. If you, Amy, who, Amy Poehler. And Bill Hader. Those are my honorable mentions. You can't just keep throwing out names. You have, this is part of All right, breaking five. down a list of five. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is your five. Sandler. Number four. Sandler is your four. Um, he's not in your top five. He's not in my top five. And like Kristen Wiig and Adam Sandler are two of my favorite people outside of Saturday Night Live. But... They're, they didn't make my top five. I mean, they were on, they're both in... Everyone you've mentioned so far is in my pool. Yeah. But, um... I don't know. Sandler didn't... He wasn't... Like, he... He just kind of played Adam Sandler and everything. And, like... And I was okay with it. So, number three... <laughs> uh, Will Ferrell. One of the best players of all time. Well, as I said before, the guy can just show up and stand in front of the camera and make you laugh. That's It's true. Thing. Yeah, every, he, nothing needs he even ruled every skit he was in. You're right. Number two, Dana Carvey. Most versatile guy ever, I think. Guy had so many impressions, could do anything. Uh, he was amazing. And then, of course, number one, Chris Farley. Another guy that as soon as he came on screen, you knew something funny was going to happen, regardless of what skit it was. Yeah. So what do you got? We got three of the same, which is okay. I had Will Ferrell at number five. Um, I didn't enjoy the Will Ferrell era while it was happening. I was much more of an after-the-fact appreciator. You know, when, like, the best of Will Ferrell came out on DVD? You kind of see, yeah. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, My number four is Dana Carvey. Because Dana Carvey did kind of, like... Even before all you know, all those other new guys came up, he kind of like just took over that show. But you have to remember, like we're kind of biased. Like I look at guys like Belushi and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. They're like before we could appreciate it. And you can go back. Although, and- although I love Jim Belushi's doing the Samurai. Every time I see clips from that, I just die laughing. There's one where Richard Pryor was hosting, and he like it was a hotel. He was at a hotel, and he was like the Samurai behind the the counter. Oh, man. Shit was funny. So, but the thing is, like, you know, we, we can appreciate that that was, you know, but they those these guys tend to be more of our, like, growing up. And I think that's whoever you grow up with is, whenever you start to get in Silent Live, those people will always be the people that you wax poetically about. So, like, Dana Carvey was, like, the guy in most of those years when we first started getting into it. So, yeah, he's my number four. My number three... It's Chris Farley. For all the reasons you said, he's the best. He was like the funniest guy every every skit he was in. He comes on this. He comes in the scene, and you're just laughing already. You can't. Yeah. You're already. You're laughing just is, me saying that. Because I, the funny, another funny thing about Chris Farley is that he like anticipates. You can see it in his like face <laughs> that he knows something funny is coming up. Right, and he gets all jazzed up, and his energy gets all like fired up before he like goes into the bit. And that was, like, what was so great about him. Uh, my number two was Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman was great. He was on my uh, bubble. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're, like, in the yeah. same pool of people. Um, yeah, Phil Hartman, like... Like, I like the utility guys. Like, to me, the most underrated guy on Saturday Live was Chris Parnell. Because Chris Parnell, Chris was, Parnell in, was amazing. He yeah. was in every scene, and he never took over the scenes, but he made them all funnier. Him, Chris Parnell, and um, Phil Hartman 
were those guys that were like the straight guys. Yeah. In the scenes, but were so funny. Like the funny things were coming out of the, the scene. They were just playing it straight, and everyone else was like acting like an idiot. You know? Exactly. It, well, it was and, and it was Phil, great. So Phil Harmon had that, but he also could be like, you know, when he did yeah. Sinatra, and he's. Uh, Phil, yeah. Phil Harmon was that. your balls, it's Neil Diamond. So, and then my number one is Eddie Murphy, another criminally overlooked. Um, Poll that you yes. don't put Eddie Murphy in. Eddie Murphy is a. Is... There's nothing funnier than Eddie Murphy. To me, I will just say if you want to put any list together that includes a period of Eddie Murphy between like. When he becomes the white guy? Well, yes. But if, if you. Any poll that puts Eddie Murphy in his prime, whether it be comedian, Saturday Night Live castmate, movie star, whatever, that period when he was like the funniest thing and the greatest thing on the planet. He will always be number one as long as that, <laughs> as long as his, that, that five year or whatever, seven year span of Eddie Murphy's career is involved. That will always be number one to me. It just makes me sad that he doesn't want to be funny anymore. So I kind of overlook stuff like when it comes down to those things. Well, that, you know, it's like to me, it's like, I'm one of those guys that can't let Jordan go. That's like, there's no way I'm going to be better than Jordan. I don't think I'll ever think anybody is as funny as Eddie Murphy was at his funniest. And this was... He's like the only guy that hosted the show while he was on the show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I hope someday we revisit this a little bit and get more into a bigger Saturday Night thing, but... Um, you guys have anything else? I, I don't. Um, as I said before, I want to uh, just... An underused cast member, Melissa Villasenor. Want to play her uh, America's Got Talent? It's only two minutes to play us out. But this is our case to why she's funny. Okay. Now, are, wait, wait, wait. Okay. The way I think is she's funny. And she's going to be bigger in the upcoming season. I want to make a disclaimer. I don't think she's funny. She was on your uh, one of your bottom tiers. What do you mean? She was on like the second to last tier. That's what I'm saying. Your bottom tier. No, my bottom tier was just Sahara. <laughs> One person. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll see you in uh, episode 21. Adios, muchachos. Hi. Hello. What's your name? Melissa Villasenor. And what do you do for a living? Well, I work at a retail store. And You happy about that? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> and what do you want to do for a living? Comedy. I want to be a comedian and impressionist. Well, good luck. Thank Let's you. see what you got. All right. Here we go. <laughs> this is Barbara Walters, and today on my show, I have award-winning actress Natalie Portman. Natalie, I hear you're having a baby. I am Barbara. <laughs> We're thinking of naming the baby Oscar, but that's that that's silly because that's my cat's name, so Hey y'all, it's Bali Cyrus. What's up? What dad? No, I'm not gonna clean my room right now. Want me to clean out your bank account? <laughs> Here's it. Yeah. Okay, so that celebrity, I 
gosh, we totally messed up the Star Spangled Banner. Am I right? Oh, oh say, can you say? Oh, oh.